Welcome to episode number 12 of In the Word with Mel Bennett, a study of scripture passages from the Word of God. It's great to have you with us. My name is Steve Webb. Today, Pastor Bennett begins a new chapter from the Gospel of John. He'll be talking about a new excitement that came to the disciples, and his scripture is John 2, verses 1 through 12. You have your Bible out? Let's join Pastor Mel Bennett. Pastor, the floor is yours. Thank you, Steve. On today's program, we're going to talk about a new excitement that came to the disciples. And we're going to look at John chapter 2, verses 1 through 11. Let us read together. On the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Now, both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. And when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. Jesus said to her, Woman, What does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Whatever he tells you to do, do it. Now there were set there six water pots of stone, according to the manner of purification of the Jews, containing twenty or thirty gallons apiece. Jesus said to them, Fill the water pots with water. And they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, Draw some out now, and take it to the master of the feast. And they took it. When the master of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine, and did not know where it came from, but the servants who had drawn out the water knew, the master of the feast called to the bridegroom. And he said to him, Every man at the beginning sets out the best good wine, and when the guests have well drunk, then the inferior. You have kept the good wine until now. This beginning of signs Jesus did in Cana of Galilee and manifested his glory, and the disciples believed in him. Now when John writes his gospel, there is generally a surface story, or we would call it a simple story, which anyone can read and understand. But there is also a wealth of deeper meaning for the person who has the eagerness of heart to dig and study and find these truths. This is such a story. It is the most well-known story in the New Testament. Cana of Galilee is a small community near to Nazareth. There is a wedding feast taking place there, and it seems as if Mary has a special place at the feast. She, it appears, has something to do with the arrangements, for she was concerned with her wine and was running low. Also, she had the authority to tell the servants to do what Jesus told them to do. Look at the scene of this wedding feast. In Palestine, a wedding feast lasted more than one day. The wedding generally took place late in the afternoon or evening and was preceded by a feast. Instead of a honeymoon, the bride and bridegroom were taken through the village and then escorted to their new home. And for several days, they would receive well-wishers and celebrate together their union. The celebration would last at least a week and the festivities and joy were one of the supreme occasions in life. In this happy occasion, Jesus gladly shares. But something went terribly wrong. Hospitality in the East is a sacred duty, and to run low on any provision would be considered a very terrible shame. 
Mary comes to Jesus and tells him of the problem. The translation makes it sound as if Jesus was very discourteous to his mother. However, the term woman was one of endearment. Jesus used it when committing the care of his mother to John when he was on the cross. The statement, what have I to do with thee, when spoken in anger, would mean there was strong disagreement. When spoken gently, it was not so much a reproach, but a misunderstanding. It is hard to imagine Jesus being unkind or speaking harshly to his mother. I just can't imagine that, can you? However Jesus spoke, Mary was confident in him. She told the servants to do what Jesus said to do. By the door were six exceptionally large pots containing water, used for purification washings when people came in. For six states, these pots held twenty to thirty gallons apiece. Jesus told the servants to fill them with water. The servants filled them to the brim with water. Why does John mention that fact? I believe he wanted everyone to know that nothing was added to the water. Then the servants took water that had been turned to wine to the head of the feast, and he declared it the best wine of all that had preceded it. So it was at a village girl's wedding in Galilean's village that Jesus first showed his glory, and there it was that the disciples caught another glimpse of what and who he was. The story is filled with things which throw light on Jesus. Here are a few of them. Notice when it happened, it happened at a wedding. Jesus was no austere, severe killjoy. He was perfectly at home at a wedding. There are some people religious who are suspicious of any joy or laughter. This type of Christian brings a reproach on the whole body of Christ. Jesus knew how to smile and be happy. Notice where it happened, in a humble home. The first miracle was not done against a background of some great occasion, but in a humble home. This brings God into the ordinary things of life. By going into a home and there manifesting his glory, Jesus shows us what he thinks of a home. There are some who would tell you they think of the home as a very special place, worthy of honor. But these same people enter their homes and become discourteous, boorish, selfish, and impolite, more so than they would be in any other setting. People sometimes treat the ones they love most in a way they would never dare to treat a passing acquaintance. We often treat strangers better than we treat the ones we love. We always need to remember that Jesus placed a high and a very important place on home in his ministry. And as Christians, we should act in our homes as Jesus would act. Now let us look at why it happened. This shows us the hospitality of Jesus. We said earlier that hospitality was held at a high sacred duty in Palestine. It would have been extremely humiliating for the groom to have run out of wine at the wedding festival. It was in sympathy and in kindness that Jesus began to act. There's a kind of natural human maliciousness which rather enjoys the misfortune of others. But Jesus, the Lord of life and King of glory, used his power to save a simple young man and his bride from shame and humiliation. As followers of Christ, this is the kind of action we should take and be willing to take at all times. Notice Mary's faith in Jesus. Mary knew her son. She instinctively turned to Jesus when there was a need. She had lived with him for 30 years and knew that he would solve the problem. Secondly, Mary had faith they could trust even when he did not understand. 
She did not know what Jesus was going to do, but she was sure that he would do the right thing. In every life, there come periods of darkness when we do not see the way. Happy is the person who in such a case still trusts in Jesus when he cannot understand what is going to happen. Look at Jesus' answer to Mary. My hour has not come, he said. All through the gospel story, Jesus talks about his hour. Jesus knew that he had a definite purpose and a definite task to perform. He saw his life not in terms of wishes, but in terms of the Father's purpose for himself. All through life, he went steadily towards the hour for which he had come into the world. We too must think not of our own wishes and our own desires, but of the purpose for which God has sent us into this world. Finally, I want to spend a few moments talking and looking at some of the deep and permanent truths John is trying to teach us when he tells us his story. Now remember, John is as a Jew speaking and teaching and talking to the Greeks and trying to convince them that Jesus was the Messiah. So he looks at this from a Jewish point of view, and we must look at also a Greek point of view. Let us look at the first one. John was writing to the Greeks, but always from a Jewish perspective. Six water pots, and Jesus turns the water into wine. According to the Jews, seven is the number of completeness, and is perfect and absolute. Six is the number of incompleteness, unfinished and imperfect. The six spots stand for all that is imperfect in the Jewish law. And Jesus came to do away with the imperfection of the law and to put in their place the new wine of the gospel of his grace. Six water pots containing approximately 30 gallons each. That would mean there was up to 180 gallons of wine. That is more wine than anyone could possibly use even at a large banquet. And this was in a small village. There was enough and more to spare. What is John trying to tell us by being so exact? No need on earth can exhaust the grace of Christ. Jesus always brings a superabundance of grace. In Jesus, the imperfection has become perfection, and the grace has become sufficient and more than sufficient for every need. Now, from a Greek point of view, John tells the Greeks, you have your stories and your legends about your gods. They are only stories, and you know that they are not really true. But Jesus has come to do what you have always dreamed that your gods would do and could do. He has come to make things that you longed for true and come to life. John is telling us that every story he tells us is not of something that Jesus did once and never did again, but of something which Jesus is forever and eternally doing. John wants us to see that on a certain day in Palestine, he did something wonderful and marvelous. And whenever Jesus today comes into a life, there comes a new quality of life, which is like turning water into wine. You see, without Jesus, life is dull and stale and flat. When Jesus comes into a life, life becomes vivid and sparkling and exciting. Without Jesus, life is drab and uninteresting. With Jesus, life is thrilling and wonderful and exhilarating. When John was telling us this story, he was remembering what life with Jesus was like. Now, today, whenever Jesus comes into a life, it is like water turning into wine. If you want the new exhilaration, become a follower of Jesus Christ, and then there will come a change in your life 
which will be like turning water into wine. When the new wine flows in you, God wants to flow through you until you become a channel that he can use. God pour his blessings on us so that we can be a blessing to others. Listen to the words of this wonderful, beautiful old hymn that was written in 1900 by Mary Maxwell. It's called Channels Only. How I praise thee, precious Savior, that thy love laid hold on me. Thou hast saved me and cleansed and filled me that I might thy channel be. Channels only, blessed Master, but with all thy wondrous power, flowing through us, thou canst use us every day and every hour. Just a channel full of blessings to the thirsty hearts around to tell out thy full salvation as thy loving message sound. Emptied that thou shouldest fill me, a clean vessel in thy hand, with no power but as thou givest graciously with each command, witnessing thy power to save me, setting free from self and sin, thou who brought me to possess me, in thy fullness, Lord, come in, Jesus now with thy spirit, heart that full surrenders know, that the streams of living water from our inner man may flow, channels only, blessed Master, but with all thy wondrous power flowing through us, thou canst use us, every day and every hour. Join me in prayer, would you, in closing. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you today for all that you mean to us, for the wonderful, exhilarating new life you have brought into our hearts and our lives. You have blessed us, but not that we should contain the blessing to ourselves, but that we should share our blessing with others. So help us, the Lord, to be channels for the grace and mercy and goodness of God to other people, so that we might be the blessing to others that you have been to us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. If today's study touched your heart, I know that Pastor Bennett would love to hear from you. You can write to him at pastorb at lifespringmedia.com. Be sure to join us again next week when Pastor Bennett continues to study in the Gospel of John. He will discuss the new temple in searching the hearts of people. In the meantime, tell a friend about the podcast, won't you? Until next week. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.